TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly. On America's Sports Voice, King of OX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Friday night, we welcome you in. It's time for a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauly. Happy for a full two hours tonight, taking you until 8 o'clock. we got a lot to get into. This hour, Luke Korak from uh, NHL.com and the Hockey News will be on to talk Blues hockey. We'll also hear from Dan Caesar. We'll talk to him for the first time uh, ever since I've been hosting this show. Uh, you look at some of the TV ratings uh, for uh, football and what very often is considered not a great football market in St. Louis. Well, TV ratings will tell you something a little bit different in terms of that story. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, later on this hour. Next hour, we'll talk uh, Arizona Fall League Baseball with uh, Brian Walton from thecardinalnation.com. thought it was an important win yesterday for the St. Louis Blues. And... Right now, they are still in a point where you just don't want to dig yourself any type of hole. You don't want to go into any long losing streak. I don't think the way the roster is built and the team is built that they'll go on any type of long winning streak. But if they do, hey, that's great. But you just want to continue to sort of tread water. And by getting the win yesterday against Arizona, it kind of does two things. Well, it doesn't kind of do two things. It does do two things. Thing number one is it allows you to win three out of four on this homestand. That's a very, very good homestand. You will always take winning three out of four. And it allows you to bounce back, although that's probably not the right terminology considering how long it was ago, but to to show out better than what they did the last time they played Arizona. When they played Arizona in the third game of the season all the way back on October 19th, they lost that game 6-2. And Arizona's not a bad team. They've got some nice pieces, but you should not be losing uh, to Arizona by a 6-2 score on your home ice. And that's what they did back on October 19th and what was one of the more poorly game, but poorly played games by the Blues this season. So they, they, do, they, they play well. They're, the power play still just is not working. There are a lot of things that are not working, and that's what we'll talk about uh, with Luke Korak. But I think overall, it's really easy to see the power play numbers and see some of the not-so-great performances this year and take more of a negative approach towards this Blues team. And I've probably been just as guilty as anybody on doing that, especially coming off that Colorado loss. That's as low as I've been on this team this year. And 
they they've somewhat shut me up because they went and they won three out of four at home, not playing great opposition during this home stand, but good enough. And that the the goal scoring's been a little bit up here recently. They scored the ten goals over two games in the first two games of the home stand. So it does feel like they are trending in an upward direction. It'll get a lot tougher tomorrow when they match up against Colorado on the road, and uh, then they've got uh, a four game road trip coming up uh, that's going to begin uh, late next week when they're going to be out west to uh, take on San Jose and the Kings and the Ducks and the Coyotes again. So yeah, I I think overall you should be somewhat positive about where the blues are at right now. Basically a 500 record at six, five and one. You'll take it. You'll take it. Just don't dig yourself into a hole. See if some things continue to come together for this team. I I think it's got a coaching staff that can make the team better as the year goes along. And maybe just maybe if this is a team that finds themselves still in contention, maybe they're able to improve the team as the season goes along. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Busy night of college basketball. It's a, it's a huge college football weekend. We're going to talk a fair amount of college football on the show today. I do want to get into, and we'll do this uh, next hour, I do want to get into the situation with Michigan football as the Big Ten has essentially suspended Jim Harbaugh from coaching games for the rest of the regular season. He's still going to be able to coach at practice during the week. Uh, this is all connected to the sign-stealing investigation And I think the two main points here are what Harbaugh actually knew. And if he didn't know what was going on, was it intentional that he didn't know what was going on? And what I mean by that is if you've got some guy in the program who's telling you, Hey, when, when you see this sign or during the game, hey, get everybody over to the right side. This is about to be a run to that direction. When you've got somebody connected to your program that has all that information, as a head coach, you know something's up, but maybe you say, you know what, I don't want to know what's up. Plausible deniability. So is this something where there, to me, there, it's either Harbaugh, Harbaugh knows what's completely knows what's going on or did go on, or it's the the plausible deniability where clearly there was an advantage to be had by his program, but he very purposely worked to make sure that he didn't know exactly what was going on. I do think, and I want to get into this next hour, and this is Kevin Wheeler and I had this discussion uh, during the DGS when I was on with them today. I think one area where Kevin and I probably disagree a little bit Why are you as a team, and I'm talking about Michigan opponents, why would you as a team ever put yourself in a position where somebody could even steal your signs and get something out of it? Uh, Maybe I'm just, uh, I am a naturally paranoid person that you, you talk to people who have known me a long time or who deal with me. There is certainly some paranoia that, that, that I live with, that just you know, kind of wondering what maybe is going on on the other side of something. But I, I do know this. It is way too easy. It is way too easy in college football to try to steal signs like they did. And Michigan was, they played fast and loose. They got this Connor Stallions guy who's going and buying tickets under his own name and things like that. If you're a college football program and you want to steal signs, you can do it. You can you can send people out 
a lot more incognito than Michigan did uh, with Stallions or how Stallions did himself, whichever one it was. You can you can have people buying you know tickets on the on the sidewalk before the game. You can have one person doing it one time a year and have a group of people who are very close to you who go to other places. Like, there's so many ways to do it and completely fly under the radar. And I promise you that's happening at some places. If we're going to say that this is not a widespread thing in college football, I think we'd probably be mistaken in saying that. So to me, some of the onus is on teams to be changing out signs and signals and things like that on an every week basis. I know if I was a college football coach, and I think college football coaches are naturally paranoid people. uh, If I was a college football coach, I would be changing all that stuff out on an every week basis. And I know that's easier said than done. You're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds who uh, you, you need to be able to have them think fast. Like I, I get that. It's not just a super easy thing to do. I'll just change the signs. Like it's, I could say it like it's easy, but if I was a program, I would assume that at various points during the season, there's some people across the sideline from me, whether it's down on a sideline or whether it's in the stands or whether there's a road camera somewhere, taking a long look at what I'm doing, and I would make it that whatever information they were able to get would not have much value moving forward. More on that coming up uh, next hour. But we'll take a break. When we return, our guy Luke Korak covers the Blues for uh, NHL.com and the Hockey News. We'll get his thoughts on uh, how the Blues are playing, taking three out of four. You can't argue with that very much uh, with this just completed homestand. Lou will join us in just a moment. We roll on. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A great bar sports open line continues here on KMOX, a Friday night edition. The Blues off tonight. They get back at tomorrow. They've got a big challenge in front of them. 
playing in Denver against Colorado. The Blues just won three of four on the homestand, winning yesterday over Arizona by a 2-1 score. Happy to go back to the Quiver River Electric guest line, and we welcome in a guy who covers the Blues, uh, as he does so uh, for Blues uh, for NHL.com and also the Hockey News. He is Lou Korak. You follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, I always appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? Good, Matt. What's going on? Not much. Just uh, the Blues just won three of four. What's the bigger story coming out of last night's game? The fact that they did win three of four on the homestand or the fact that uh, the power play just can't get going? Well, probably a little bit of both because you almost, uh, you think, uh, how did how the heck did that just happen? Because, you know, at some point in games, you're going to need your special teams to come through. And uh, you're watching that game last night and you're thinking, especially after that early chance where you have a full two minutes of five on three and you have basically you have what four power plays in the first period and you come out of the period tied one one you're thinking well this this has all the earmarks that you're going to lose a game because once again your special teams are failing you but uh i don't know some somehow some way they're finding ways to win some of these games and uh eventually this stuff starts to catch up to you but right now uh they're they're living on the right side of it uh you know, even though the numbers just don't look very good, but you know what? Um, winning three out of four was was key for them because it kind of thrusts you right back into that mix there again. And you know, you got a big road game now against Colorado on tomorrow. You just played there about a week and a half ago, and you want to just try to somehow, some way, manage to you know bank the points while you're trying to figure out this power play because right now it's a pretty big albatross in the room yeah and you know a lot of times when if a power play is struggling generally one of two things is happening either you're you're passing too much because you're looking for the perfect shot or you're not passing enough and you're just putting bad shots on net and it feels like both those things happen sometimes with the blues is there is there any way to really kind of get in there and, and look and, and figure out what's wrong with this power play unit? Well, it's, it, it really, it's not really one specific thing to me. I mean, you, you look at it and you see, you see one thing, then you see another and then another and another. And it just, it, you know, it all compounds and piles on one on top of another. And you talk to the guys last night and, you know, it, it's like beating a dead horse. Sometimes, you know, you, you get tired of asking them the same questions, you know, what can you do better? What needs to be done better? You're, you're practicing this stuff all the time. And, you know, you, you hear the, you know, Justin Falk says uh, you, you play just a little bit more direct. And then you hear from Tory Krug and he talks about simplifying it. And right now, the one thing that kind of stood out to me and Tory Krug mentioned it last night is uh, you're probably trying to see right now, uh, one guy trying to make it happen because it hasn't happened so much. And, and, and you're strictly kind of just focusing on that instead of just uh, allowing it to happen per se. And uh, un- until they rid some of that stuff, the bottom line is one of these is just going to have to go in. They're just going to have to, one of them's going to have to go in at some point and then everybody can kind of exhale. But you know, the numbers are what they are right now. You're 2.9%. You're, you're by far the worst in the league. The next closest to you is the Philadelphia Flyers, and they're 6% better than you are. That just shows you the gap between 31st and 32nd right now in the league. You're one for 35. You haven't scored a power play goal at home. I, I, I know one thing, you know, they, the Blues have the, the thing going with Ameren, uh, you know, for power play goals. Ameren's saving themselves a lot of money right now. <laughs>
<laughs> that, well, maybe they can be happy about that. It, it feels like, it, you know, not that this team is chock full of, you know, pure goal scorers. That's just not the way this team is built. But the guys who kind of do fall under that category, they aren't scoring a lot of goals right now. Is that at the end of the day, can we maybe trace that the, the power play struggles to, to that? The guys who have to have the ability to, to score goals on the power play just really aren't scoring a whole lot, period, right now? Well, a hundred percent. And I mean, you know, if you got a successful power play, you, your top guys are going to be putting up numbers. And, you know, obviously it's, it's the exact opposite with Robert Thomas, because right now he's finding ways to get on the score sheet on a regular basis. I mean, he scored in five straight games, which is uh, by far his, you know, personal record. He hasn't done that since junior hockey. And, uh, you know, but, you know, you're talking about Buchnevich, you're talking about Shen, you're talking about Saad. Tory Krugs hasn't scored a goal yet. He's finally put up a couple of helpers here in the last two games. But up until up until then, you know, for the first nine games, he hadn't had a point all year. And this is a guy that quarterbacks uh, your number one power play unit most of the time. And, you know, you're talking about Jordan Cairo, too. Yeah. I mean, all of these guys, they, you know, they're if they're able to produce on the power play, it's, it's going to enhance their numbers. Uh, right now, what they are doing, maybe the numbers don't exactly dictate it because they're minus two at five on five play. But I just, but lately here, I think five on five play is what's kind of kept them afloat here because they're just locking down. They're bearing hard. They're playing hard defensively. That's something you can, you can take solace in here is the, is the fact that, you know, you are playing well defensively. They're they're sixth in the NHL in goals against per game, and you know that that doesn't just tie in with the fact that your goalies are playing really well, but but it's everybody. So I th- I think that's the that's probably the biggest reason why you're you're above 500 right now because if you're strictly looking at not only your power play but also your penalty kill, that that's that's lagged here in the last four or five games. You've given up five power play goals uh, or PK goals against. Uh, in the last five games, you're 25th. So you're 25th on the PK, 32nd uh, on the power play. Uh, those numbers are eventually going to catch up to you because if, if they don't start trending upwards, you're really asking a lot of your five-on-five game. We're talking with Luke Korak, NHL.com, and the Hockey News. The one thing that's been true since the moment the puck dropped on the season, it's been a season of bounce backs. So the, the first seven games were alternate, you know, they alternated losses and wins, and there were some bad losses in there, followed by some pretty good wins. And then they finally lose back to back games for the first time ever, and they bounce back by winning three of four at home. Is is it more concerning the inconsistency, or is it more of a positive that this team has shown the ability to kind of uh, lift themselves off the mat? Well, I think you've seen that they have been able to lift themselves up off the mat because, you know, just look at last year. You know, you win your first three games, and then all of a sudden you step into the black hole and lose eight in a row. And granted, you turn right back around. You know, you want to talk about peaks and valleys. You win three, you lose eight, you win seven. But then you had but then you had so many of those where you'd lose five, you'd lose four, and you'd lose three and lose four. And I, I think, you know, it's still early, you know, we're, you know, we're what 12 games in here, you know, but they have, you know, they have that penchant of bouncing back, but I, I still think that they are looking for that consistency though. You hear that quite a bit. Um, you know, if you're going to be one of the teams that's going to be battling for playoffs up there with some of the top, top end guys, you know, they find ways to win and, and they string them together. And I think that's, you know, what they're going to start to look for here. 
even though it, you know you see a lot of the inconsistencies in different areas of the game. But bottom line is, you know, other teams go through those struggles as well, where maybe things aren't going you know, the way they want them to, but yet they still find ways to win. I think a, a team like the Dallas Stars is a perfect example. I mean, they're, they're near the bottom of the league in power play as well, but they find ways to win in other ways. And I think that's where kind of the Blues are trying to find themselves here in search of that consistency. The moment I felt worse about the, 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 yeah, the, the moment that I thought the lowest that I've thought all season long about the blues was after their first Colorado game. I, I felt worse after that game than I did Vancouver and that first Arizona game. And even that Winnipeg game. Um, and, and again, to their credit, they, they take three out of four. So I, I don't feel that way right now, but it just felt like they were in a different zip code than a really good Colorado team that night. What can they do better coming up tomorrow as they're right back uh, there in Denver playing a good Colorado team? Well, if you look back on that game, though, Matt, they, you know, you, it's it's a one-shot game going into the third period. Yeah. So I don't think you're in a bad spot there, all things considered. And usually when you go into that building, and, I, you know, and I've been in that building a number of times, uh, the theme is always where teams get bogged down in the second period and you can get overwhelmed because of the long – because of the long shift changes there. Well, I thought the Blues had a really good second period there. weren't able to equalize, had chances to equalize that game, and then you have a you have a blunder to start at the third period, and Colorado's pouncing, and they're up three to one, and now you're really chasing the game. So, um, I I think they had their good moments in that game, but I also think that's 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 one team where you can't have the glaring turnovers because they just turn it right around back at you with their speed so quickly. And that, and, and that's, that's what that team tries to do. So against that team and, and Craig Berube has talked about it. And I know it sounds cliche. You hear about it against a lot of these teams, you know, but if you force their defensemen to go back and retrieve pucks and have their backs facing you, and you're able to get in on a four check against these guys, that's, that's, that's the formula to beat them. That's how you want to beat them because you don't want to give the McKinnons, the McCars and these guys, you don't want them to have the puck with with real estate in front of them where they can, where they can get those legs going because once that happens now now you get pinned back on your ears and on your heels and 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 you're caught defending and you're caught making probably mistakes coverage mistakes and such so they have had success in that building we've seen it um i think it's a big game for them because you know like you mentioned you know you you lose to them uh, what 9 days ago there it's going to be two games there in 10 days uh you'd hate to lose points against that team. And you need to start, you know, you need to start, we talk about banking points up until last night, you hadn't had a win against a team in the division. So a lot of these coaches look at these divisional games, you know, they're four point swings. I know there's one coach in particular uh, back in the day that didn't look at it that way. And that was Andy Murray. He never liked talking about it being a four point game, but in essence it is. So you need to start winning these divisional games. If you want to keep pace. He is Luke Korak, covers the Blues for NHL.com and the Hockey News. You follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, thanks for your time. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk again real soon. All right, Matt. Take care. All right, Luke Korak joining us. Appreciate uh, him taking some time with us. And he's right about that that first Colorado game. I mean, it's 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 tight in the second period, but in that first period and the third period where the Avalanche are really able to dictate the lineups and everything, man, it just felt like the Blues and Colorado were in two very, very, very different places. And we'll see if they make it look a little bit different coming up tomorrow. Uh, When we come back, we're going to shift gears in a big way. The TV ratings in St. Louis for NFL football. What does it mean about 
this city as a football market. We'll talk in about it in just a moment as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We're going to turn the tables. Generally, this guy is writing about us. And now we are going to uh, interview him. He is the uh, sports media critic for Post-Dispatch and STL Today. He is uh, Dan Caesar, and he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Dan, it's good to have you on the, uh, the other side of the equation tonight. Well, maybe I should ask you a few questions first and make us feel more comfortable. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. We're uh, glad to have you on. I thought it was interesting, and I'll tell you a story. So last year you wrote a, a story about uh, NFL ratings in St. Louis, and uh, we had signed Chiefs related on Sports Open Line, and we posted about it on Facebook, and somebody yeah. you know, complained about it and said, why are you guys talking about the Chiefs? Why are you guys talking about the NFL? Everybody knows that St. Louis is not a, an NFL market. We hate the NFL. And and I actually I posted your article from last year's response to him on Facebook, and he promptly uh-huh. blocked me on Facebook uh, because what you showed last year was what the NFL ratings were. You wrote a very similar story to that this year, and once again, NFL ratings in St. Louis are doing pretty darn good. Yeah, they sure are. And as a matter of fact, they've been even better lately compared to the World Series. The NFL just stopped the World Series in recent weeks here. And the entire baseball playoffs, it's just been a been a landslide. As a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, about three or four weeks ago, I wrote and I tallied it up. And out of the last year, this is as of about three weeks ago, out of the last year, the top 40 rated shows in St. Louis on all of television, not just sports, but all of television, 37 were NFL games out of 40. And uh, the top 15 were all NFL. And 12 of the top 15 at that point were Chiefs games. Now, that includes the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game, which obviously would have drawn big ratings no matter what the teams were in there. But the fact that Chiefs have just done so well is it's really remarkable here because people talk about how much they hate the NFL, like you mentioned, and how they despise Kansas City because the Chiefs supported the Rams' move out of here. But they're still watching in, uh, in almost in record numbers for a team that's not based in St. Louis. It, you know, when the Rams left, Kansas City made a, a concerted effort to come in. And, you know, here at KMOX, we're, we're part of it. We run all, all the Chiefs games. The, the flagship station in Kansas City right. is a sister station to us here, here at Odyssey, and we certainly support the Chiefs. But, you know, Indianapolis didn't make that run at, at St. Louis. The, the Chicago and the Bears didn't yep. make that run. It was Kansas City who prioritized this market, and it seems like it's, it's paying off for them. Well, it also helps the fact they've been so good because the Bears have been lousy and the Colts are so-so. But, you know, the Chiefs have just dominated the last five years in the NFL. So it's been a combination of them being in this market and in this state and also being so good. And they have a fun team to watch on top of that. And now you put the Taylor Swift factor on top of all that, and it's it's just a winning mix. Are you at all surprised, though, because we we still are the best baseball market out there, are you at all surprised that in a market like this, when you compare it to the World Series, that the I mean the the ratings were still just as dominant for the NFL compared to the St. Louis TV ratings for the World Series? Now, if the Cardinals would have been in the playoffs, it would have been a whole different story, obviously. Or if they'd been in the World Series, it would have been a whole different story. But this was kind of a ho hum World Series with these two low rated or two low seated teams in there. Not a lot of a star power, not a lot of name recognition beyond two or three players. And it was just kind of a eh, kind of a ho-hum. I think a lot of people just had an attitude that they weren't that excited about it. Plus, it was a short series, too, only five games. 
And the uh, history says the longer a series goes, the better the ratings get. So if it would have gone seven, it would have done a little better, I'm sure. But it still wouldn't have compared to the Chiefs. Here's an interesting thing that I dug up. The uh, rating for the Chiefs game, the 8.30 a.m. Sunday game the other day, yeah. was higher. It was on the NFL Network at 8.30. It wasn't on a regular channel that everybody gets. It's on cable. And it was 8.3 on the Sunday morning game. And the record for, or the rating for the best World Series game was 8. So huh. that 8.30 in the morning game did better in the ratings than any World Series game did in prime time. That is uh, that is something to be sure. Pretty amazing. Huh? Yeah, it, it it really is. Dan Caesar is joining us, sports uh, media critic for the Post Dispatch and STL today. Shifting gears, some things have happened over the last week or so with the Bally Sports situation that are notable. They came to an agreement mm-hmm. uh, with the NBA, and while they will support the NBA this year, they're going to hand back rights at the end of the year. They're probably going to do the same thing with the NHL. They're in the final stages yeah. of negotiating that. Sounds like they'll do the same thing with baseball after this upcoming yep. season. So uh, there is, if if they don't extend or if they don't work out new deals with teams, the end of Bally as we know it would essentially be at the end of the upcoming baseball season. What do you think is going to happen to the local TV situation for the Cardinals and to a lesser extent for the Blues? Well, they'll both be on somewhere. It's just a matter of how they'll be distributed. There's no doubt that they'll they'll still have a TV presence. It might be more on the air, over the air than there has been in years. So that's that's happened in some other markets. So it wouldn't be a shock that if you end up with some games, say, on Channel 11, as well as a possible cable and streaming component. So, you know, for the short term, it could be beneficial to people that don't have cable or don't have streaming. I always chuckle because I think I compare the move to streaming as being very similar to the move from over-the-air TV to cable TV. There are a lot of people yeah, didn't, uh-huh. that didn't have cable, that didn't have cable boxes. They had to make a change, and eventually they accepted it. And I, Dan, I could tell you, I don't know if you've ever heard, if I if I bring up the Apple TV games or a Peacock game, my phone mm-hmm. lines go crazy, the text line goes crazy. People in St. Louis are so angry when these games end up on streaming, yet yep. we're in a world where it's probably going to be more and more streaming moving forward. Oh yeah, it's definitely headed that way, and it's 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 already there, and it's it is going to get more as as the years go by. And like you mentioned, with the it's just like it is similar to this move to cable. I remember when the uh, ESPN first was added to the array of ESPN networks. You had ESPN, then ESPN two came in, but not a lot of people had ESPN two at first. And they put the Duke North North Carolina basketball game on ESPN two. And there was a big outcry that, oh, this big game is going on ESPN2. Nobody gets it. Nobody's going to want it. Well, now ESPN2 is almost as popular as ESPN. So it's just a matter of getting used to things and adjusting to the times as they change. Last thing for you, just kind of from a personal note, the, your position as the sports media critic, uh, I talk to friends in Milwaukee sometimes because that's where I came from. And at one point in time, there was somebody who did what basically what you did in Milwaukee, and that position has kind of gone away. You you still yeah. have some of the most read uh, articles at STL today, and there's so much interaction, and people in this market are so curious about what's going on from a sports media standpoint, and it's not that way in other markets. Why does the St. Louis market care so much about the things that you're writing about you know that's a good point because it's uh, very similar to what high school did you go to in this market everybody's interested in the little local stuff around here it's very provincial it's very self self-centered and uh people are just more so in this market attuned to staying here I mean, how many people do you know that either come back or stay here you did it i did it 
other people, have, you know, a lot of other people have done it. So it's one of these markets where everybody's kind of like a big small town or a small big town, which yeah. you can look at it. It's very, very much that way. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, we appreciate you taking some time. Thanks for uh, doing this. We'll have you on again at uh, at some point, but have a uh, wonderful weekend. And uh, it was fun. You've uh, you've talked to me a few times, or you've been asking the questions. Yep. It was uh, enjoyable to turn the uh, turn the tables on you today. Sounds good. I'll be asking you a few questions pretty soon, I'm sure. All right. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. All right. Have a good weekend. You bet. That's Dan Caesar from the Post-Dispatch and uh, and STL today, and we appreciate him taking some time with us. I, it's not something where I'm trying to push the narrative of the NFL being a behemoth, but it just is. There, There is nothing more powerful in television, and I'm not just talking about sports television. There is nothing more powerful in television than the National Football League, and whatever's number two it's not even close. It's not in the same zip code. It's maybe not in the same country code. It is such a different, uh, such a difference maker for TV networks, and the NFL just continues to gain more and more steam. All right, one more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up uh, this first hour of the program. It's a Friday night edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Back out here on KMOX, a Friday night edition of the program. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Busy, uh, busy sports weekend. College basketball, all I'm. St- I love this time of the year. Now, you get some not so great matchups when it comes to uh, college basketball this time of the year, but you get some pretty cool uh, non-conference matchups as well. This is just. So we had, we had the sports equinox the other day, the football, basketball, baseball, hockey night that's only happened well like thirty times ever. Where uh, NHL, NBA, NFL, uh, and and Major League Baseball had either a regular season or postseason uh, game going on. So it's just a, it's a good time for sports. Now, in terms of what's going on tonight in college basketball that you want to uh, keep an eye on, uh, Missouri. They are in action. Let's see, what time do they start? Let me make sure I get this right before I start talking about Missouri. Uh, They are going to match up this evening as they will take on Memphis. That's going to be an 8 o'clock start, so that's a late start tonight uh, in Columbia at Mizzou Arena. That's a pretty good matchup. Missouri is favored by 2.5, so that's expected to be a a pretty good game. Missouri just got – they've got so much momentum right now. With Missouri Athletics. Football is playing well. We'll talk more about their game against uh, Tennessee. Uh, Basketball coming off their season last year with Coach Dennis Gates just getting the number two recruiting class in the nation. I mean, there's just that... What do they say? They say Mizzou on the move. That that program, everything going on in athletics, uh, what they're doing from a facility standpoint and the money that's coming in, uh, leading the way nationally along with our state government in terms of um, just the the name, image, likeness, and, and the way that they're going to be able to use that uh, for their benefit. There's just a lot of things going on. Illinois basketball, they'll match up against Oakland coming up tomorrow. Illinois ranked number 25. That game being played at the State Farm Center in Champaign. Excuse me, that game is tonight. Uh, tomorrow it's SLU basketball as they'll take on uh, Illinois State. Speaking of SLU, 
the SLU women's soccer team. Want to give a shout-out to them as they get ready to uh, open up their NCAA tournament run, and uh, hopefully uh, they are able to uh, certainly have some success, and uh, maybe we can talk with uh, Coach Shields again coming up uh, next week. But uh, they are opening up their post not their postseason run because the conference tournament is uh, certainly uh, postseason, but they are opening up their NCAA tournament run as they take on Indiana. And uh, this game is going to get started in about five minutes. It's being played here in St. Louis at Herman Stadium. So hopefully uh, many people are making their way. It's perfect. we got a little bit of a chill in the air. Herman Stadium, nighttime. I mean, this is uh, this is really, really good. So uh, we are all rooting for uh, SLU Women's Soccer. The thing come away with a victory tonight. Again, matched up against Indiana. And uh, we'll see how they uh, do this evening. We'll keep you updated as we go along through the course uh, of the evening. SLU's been scoring a bunch of goals here recently. And I'm sure they'd like to get off to a very, very, very fast start. Next hour, we'll talk more about the Michigan situation and the sign stealing. We'll also talk Cardinals baseball. What to expect in this uh, between period between the GM meetings and winter meetings. That's up next here on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.